you ever felt the pull or tug that there's more to life? Something left unseen and where more awaits you. Welcome to the House of Minds, a podcast experience where we dive into the depths with the potential to discover keys to unlock and expand your mind into new realities and possibilities for you and your life. All you must bring is a desire to learn, an open mind, and the trust that the universe is always working for you. What will the House of Minds bring you today? Today we drop in with Danielle Butterly, a local Phoenix yoga instructor and creator of Fuck the System, a book about her travels post-college where she dove into the experience of discovering herself. Although we only touch on parts of the book, highly recommend reading for the full experience on your own. In this podcast episode, we talk a lot about the power of meditation as it brings about the internal experience of knowing and understanding yourself and ultimately leading to change within and externally, expanding into new horizons and or realities. You can find the book by visiting Balboa Press and searching Fuck the System by Danielle Butterly. Enjoy. All right. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Um, my name is Christina. I'm the host of House of Minds. And today we're going to be interviewing Danielle Butterly. She is a yoga instructor local here in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. And she also recently wrote a book called Fuck the System, which we'll be diving into. Um, there's no, no going over bad words in this, in this uh, podcast. <laughs> it's love all, it, love it. yeah, all raw, unedited. Um, and that book was wow. a three-year book in the making. Um, so that's kind of yeah. what we'll be diving into today. And then we'll see where the conversation takes us. Yay. Um, yay. Danny, I wanted to see if you would start off with maybe leading us through like just like a minute or two kind of meditation to set us into presence and really ground us and calm everything from exterior so that we're just here in flow with each other. Yeah, I would love that. Uh, first of all, I'd like to everyone to know that this isn't my normal voice. <laughs> I've yes. kind of lost my voice from the last couple of days. So just have this little raspy undertone right now. But sometimes I feel like that's a little bit more soothing <laughs> for some people. Totally. Um, but yeah, I'm totally down to do that. So let's just take a moment and kind of move your shoulders around, sit up a little bit taller. If you need to, you know, rock side to side or get your sit bones really rooted down. And then letting your eyes just gently close softly, you know, no squinching your eyes, just a soft closing, soft, soft muscles in the face, jaw can relax. Allowing yourself a couple of moments to tune into your breath, where all you're doing is consciously breathing, filling up the belly, letting it rise and softly letting it fall. Smoothing out your breath and bring your full awareness, full attention into this space and time. into this present moment. Which is all we'll ever have, right? The present moment. We'll take a big, big breath in here, fill up all the way. Let a little sigh out. Do that one more time, one more time. Big breath in. Little sigh, exhale. 
and then like a veil is lifting, opening up your eyes, a little more refreshed. Thank you. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. Yeah, thank you. That was a good start to the podcast. I like that you just did that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I think it's important that um, people kind of get a little touch of that because you definitely bring a lot of conscious and presence to your yoga classes, which I've seen in person. So there's there's kind of a little preview. Um, well, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I always try to, of course, I mean, that's like the goal of yoga is that union with mind and body and then in the present, which is like how you create your reality. I always try to bring in that, but I always want to bring in more. I'm like, how do I touch on the philosophy more without you know, preaching without like getting in my own way. It's, it's a challenge, right? You know, as a teacher as well, it's, it's definitely a balance between instructing body, which I used to instruct a lot more body movements and alignment. And I'm trying to get away from that in a way, like I don't want people to get too hung up on if they're doing the pose right or wrong. It's like, it really doesn't matter. What are you feeling? What do you feel in your body? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because it's funny noticing that switch, even in myself. And I think just the world in general, um, you know, we grow up with so much focus on the right, wrong. Well, what's, what's the right way to do it. Um, and then you can get so caught up in that, that you even miss the point. You're not even in the present moment. Cause you're just so hyper-focused on this little tiny aspect of it. And of course it, it goes into the practice and into anything that you're doing, but there is so much more beyond just the, the right or wrong. And it is more about, oh, wow, there's so many different ways to do things or see things. What does feel good to you? Um, and I definitely, yeah. I hear you on like that struggle. Um, Cause I have sensed it in myself too, where it's, I relate it or relate it to, I know that there's so much more possible. Right. And it's, and I want to share it. Like it's yeah, a passion to yeah. share what, what we know. And then I just have to remind myself that, well, everybody's on their own journey. What I'm doing is enough. And then yeah. the little things that I like that we say here, there in classes, we don't know what's going on in that person's mind. So they might've just had this light bulb moment and we have no idea. And we're sitting here like, but we want to give you more when we are already yeah. giving, them, <laughs> giving them so much, but it's so easy to get caught up in our heads. Right. Yeah, for sure. I know that's definitely the struggle or balance of being a yoga teacher. Definitely. Yeah. Letting yeah, people have their own that. experience and journey and be like, this is their experience and they're going to get from the class, whatever they're, they need to receive in this moment. So, you know, you're going to do your best and they'll do their best and that's all you can do. But yeah, I love the idea of taking, like getting out of the analytical mind. That's like the one, like, I just, doesn't matter. I mean, there is safety within the poses, but it's just like, doesn't matter that much I and mean, okay matters a decent amount but it's like get out of your mind don't like think so much feel more yes just feel <laughs> spend so much time up here in our minds it's like get into your body feel experience yeah yeah be present that's because that's how we bring ourselves into presence is right being right here that brings us fully into into our body yeah tapping into all of the senses everything yeah, yeah. now I wanted to ask you because reading your book, um, it seems like you've almost always had this feeling that you have the possibility of higher consciousness and that it's always been there. And maybe it just took your journey um, to reconnect to that, that inner space. Um, but it was just interesting because reading through it, I was like, it, it almost had this sense of I've always felt that there was more that I'm not living to my potential and maybe going about your journey kind of brought you to that. Wow. That's such a, a beautiful reflection. That is probably like what had happened for that too. I didn't even like see it that way, but it is like, I think when you connect to yourself at this deeper level, it is like a remembrance. You know, it's like a remembering who you are and connecting to these deeper truths that we all know, but like forget, like you might know as a, a child when you don't even know what you know, and then you come back to, yeah, tapping into your intuition. Um, 
I guess I did kind of like know certain things about myself or just the the power of being in the present and being able to create or your own reality and tapping into the breath. But it's like, I needed to have my, my journey to remember that, I guess, or to like solidify it in my knowingness, know it in this 3d reality. It's but maybe more like a, like a dream or something. Do I know this? Like, what did I experience this? And then when you like experience it and, the 3d reality then you're like okay this is real (laughs) yeah this is solid and like I can definitely like you just know the real truths even though sometimes they are still abstract and like it's solid but it's not it's it's still like a knowing that's deeper than a material thing or a solid thing if you if you know what I mean (laughs) yeah and it almost sounds like that brings up the um, point of fluidity in where even within, even within ourselves, there's still this sense of fluidity, like nothing is ever concrete um, and things can move and shift all the time, just depending, but that's the importance of like really remaining grounded in ourselves and, and still remaining fluid with ourselves as well. For sure. A lot of the yoga stuff is very abstract and up up for like your own interpretation of these same truths is just whatever your specific, you know, consciousness, the words that you need to hear that resonate the most, you know, like they are all the same, but then there's different like interpretations that I feel like we can um, take from them. But I guess the solid part that I'm thinking about, like that I'm like, that is like truth is, is like my, my faith. Like it's an unwavering faith that I have found now from, from my journey. And I think that that's, and it's not like a religious thing, a faith in something greater than myself. It's a faith in, in, in myself, knowing that I am like my own God and my own whatever like I create my own reality and then I'm connected to every single thing everybody else every experience like we're all connected and that is the solid part that I have found that it's like the faith is is unwavering and that is truth and that is like nothing and no one can take that away from me um everything else is perspective and can change and I can learn new things and I feel like every like way that I, I might explain it or the way that I might understand some of these aspects of yoga can change and have a little bit of fluidity but like my faith that we are more than a human body and we have energy and we resonate and all of that stuff that will not like nobody can change that mindset about me like I know that that is for sure real that we are spiritual beings and there is something that happens to us after death. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And it's, it's true. I mean, the universe resides in all of us, right? So of course we're, we're the powerful creators of our reality and we have access to that. And it is, it is really continuing to remember and come back to it. And I know around at the tail end of your book, um, you talk about when you come back and you're in the airport and your uncle had picked you up and you kind of had this moment of like dual reality. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah, do there's you, that. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say there's the clashing of worlds. Definitely. Yeah. So do you feel like since then um, you've kind of progressed? Because at that point, it sounds like you weren't meditating as much. You'd started to realize the importance of it in Sweden um, when you visited Matthew. <laughs> yeah, and- yes had kind of started wavering. And then you write about how you're like, no, I have to take it back to taking care of myself, which I loved because you brought up the point. As soon as you do that, people will come back in and it like, you have to, that's the the power of being grounded in yourself. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit more about like your progression with really grounding into yourself and continuing to bring in like the meditation um, and and advancing and staying grounding in yourself since since you came back. Yeah, there's definitely an ebb and flow to all of the practices of staying grounded, remaining like self-love and 
um, I think at that point in my journey, I, I heavily relied on the meditation to stay grounded and stay like consistent with myself. Um, and then through, I mean, then when I came back from traveling and I had had these, like, like I was so reliant on that, that I had this like clashing of worlds that it did kind of shake me up. And I was like, oh my God, how can I be the same person when now I'm back in America and I have life to attend to and nobody else that I really like knew that much was like super spiritual. And like, I didn't think they could like identify with me on that level. Um, that definitely in that beginning time, I had to come back to meditation a lot and just keep reconnecting with myself. Even when I'd lose it, I'd be like, okay, like, or you would just get like self-doubts and stuff creep up, but then you come back to your meditation. And then I started to just like ease my way back into life and, you know, getting jobs and whatnot. You're like, okay, I can, I can have a job and be spiritual. I can teach yoga and I can work at a restaurant and, and I could still, I just like eased my way back into it. Um, and then I, I found this place where I didn't really, I mean, I, I meditate now still, but I'm not as like dependent on it to remind or to remember that, like, like that, that faith is still there. Like it's, it's always there, even if I don't meditate or not, like, I don't have to always come back to my meditation to rely on it. Like it's like my pill or whatever to make me believe in that faith. It's like, I just, I still meditate, of course, but I'm not as like reliant on it. Um, I do notice like I'm definitely more consistent with like my relationship with my boyfriend if I'm meditating every day. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be a little bit more emotional if I'm not meditating all the time. But then there's also hormones and I, I blame a lot of things on hormones too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was like the beginning of my journey where I was meditating a lot. And I think in the beginning, when you find those things, it's like, you need to really like solidify it, come back to the meditations, like remember that. And then you don't, you still need it. You still need meditation, but you don't need it maybe as much if you like have a stronger center about you, stronger uh, knowingness maybe, but I don't know. Meditation is still super important. Like I definitely needed to meditate to be able to even release that book. I was like, what am I doing? Three years later after I wrote it and I was like, yeah, I'll just, I don't know if I want to publish it. And then it was quarantine and COVID. And I was like, oh, when I meditate and I get down in there, I'm like, this is something that I said I like wanted to do at one point, you know, my higher self was like, Danny, this is your goal for now. And mm -hmm. I needed to do it. Like my heart needed to do it so I definitely needed to meditate through that time still do still in the process <laughs> yeah and that it's a process right um I heard so I heard a couple things in that and I I want to get to I don't want to stray too far because I want to get to talking about like your actual autoimmune disorder and kind of how you saw progress um but it almost sounds like <clears throat> you saw the duality when you came back and you were like, okay, how do, how do I, how do I accept the duality and still go about in, in the world of the world, but living like a soul life? Cause you have the both right. components, right? So how yeah. do I reconcile it? And it almost sounds like, do you, are you familiar with Joe Dispenza? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. He talks a lot about how like we have the power to change who we are, but it's all the way down to a cellular level. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that now you don't really need to meditate as much anymore. And it almost sounds like the power of meditation, you took that change all the way down to your cellular being. And yeah. as you became that person, right, you became your potential um, and stepped more into what I call your, your greatness um, and or fulfilling your purpose you you're more grounded in it because you've you've integrated it fully and you step into that this is who I am now mm -hmm. so it almost makes sense that you can kind of not be as strict with it and also I mean I think yoga is is meditative movement 
Because I'll notice, I'll notice in myself a big difference when I'm really consistent with yoga and the meditation, but even just the yoga part of it makes a huge difference. Um, And you mentioned the consistency when you're meditating, you're more consistent with handling your emotions. And that makes sense because it gives us that space, right? Where we're more Mm -hmm. aware and -hmm. conscious. So we have more time to like process and pause and, and see the different layers and dynamics. Yeah. Um, But so, yeah, I love that you brought that up because I I feel like you do get to a point where I don't have to be as strict. And maybe that's the whole point. You talk about balance in your book um, Mm -hmm. and how you feel like it brought you back to a sense of balance. And, And I feel like that's kind of the point of this life on earth too, with the duality is being okay with the what is and just life is balanced. Don't go to either extremes. Totally. Beautiful. You, you took what I said and you said it so well. So yeah, exactly. Um, And then I guess also like how I balance that duality is like serving with purpose, you know, like when I came back, I was like, well, like we are here to like walk each other home and that's like my greatest purpose is to help people awaken to this idea that we are more than physical beings and we don't have to be so scared of death and that we you know are all connected and so that's been my my goal whether you know people taking my yoga class know it or not if I'm able to convey that message in an hour long you know asana class probably not most of the time I'm sure you are you probably surprised <laughs> sometimes you know it comes out more than others but like yeah when you have that that purpose or the reason why you're teaching yoga or why you're releasing a book you know that makes the duality so much easier because it's like yeah you have purpose now and it's not about the money it's about like what you're doing with your life and the time that you have here on earth and you know why we're having this convert conscious conversation about you know raising our own selves yeah yeah and what so it sounds like maybe also your journey helped you come back to your purpose and give you a sense of purpose. Cause when we have purpose, it, it you almost don't get lost in the details as much. Um, mm. It's almost easier to let some of the details slide. Cause you're like, okay, I, I have this, this overall purpose and it's, it's your driving force. And then the other stuff in that duality kind of doesn't matter as much anymore. Cause you re- you're grounded almost more in your purpose and your why. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there's that that focal point and it's like not something that you have to get to to like be happy right because you're trying to enjoy the journey the whole while that you're doing all these like ups and downs and however you're going to get there but yeah it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter as much about the the road to get there if you have that like that goal that mission um because yeah then it's like it's pulling you you're not like forcing yourself to do the things. It's more of like a pull. That thing is like pulling you to towards it. So you're just trying, you're just living it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you become okay with the ebbs and flows. Um, Definitely. And you don't fight them as much because you know, you're going to get to that destination. You can enjoy it more. Yeah. And then you're aware of yourself. It's it's like everything is awareness. You know, I'll notice myself when I, if I haven't been meditating and I'm more emotional and it's like, like you just, you just notice it more. You're like, oh, well, I was a little bit off balance there, but like, do I have to judge myself? No. Can I allow myself to be like rude to my boyfriend for a moment? Yes. He'll love you either way. (laughs) Just awareness. I mean, you, of course, we want to be like, like the best version of ourselves we can, but sometimes like graciousness within that is is more necessary because you can't be perfect all the time. And we have emotions, we're humans. We have different chemistries that go on in our brain, especially as females. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, we definitely go through different ebbs and flows. So how can we be more gracious towards ourselves when we have an ebb? Yeah, you know, when we I go back, that. take a step back. <laughs> I love that. It's remembering that we are still human and we're still going to have moments and it's the response that matters. 
And I think the more we meditate, because meditation and mindfulness is at the essence a kindness, loving, compassion practice. So when you're building that self-love inside of yourself, then in those moments where you do have like an oops or life happens and you don't respond the best way you wanted to, or you do have more of that ability to give yourself the grace of, oh, well, I'm human. And, and then you also can go back to the person and, and talk it out too. Um, yeah. 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 And I would attribute so much of that to my physical healing because that mindset that I had to like imprint in my being and my cells on the cellular level, like Joe Dispenza would say is like, yeah, giving myself that graciousness and not being so hard on myself all the time and causing my you know, immune system to kind of turn on itself and attack itself because it wasn't, I wasn't safe in my own body, you know, like I had so many negative thoughts of my body and then my body starts to attack itself and you're like, well, why is this happening? And it's like, well, look at how you were talking to yourself in your head. Like nothing was perfect and nothing was like, yeah. So, um, and I never want to come off like I have complete, like I figured it all out and I can, and I'm completely nice to myself all the time because that's not true. I think I'm, I notice those thoughts and I notice if they're harmful or, or helpful and I just give myself more grace with them and I'm learning to, you know, just be okay with all of that. And just no amount of self-improvement can make up for lack of self-acceptance. It's like a big quote that I've. Yeah. I like that. About. <laughs> I like that. Repeat that. No amount of self-improvement. Yes can make up no for a lack of self. Yeah. 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 It is self-improvement. You can do all the self-improvement biohacking stuff, do all the the drinks and, and take all the nutrition, but if you're not accepting yourself where you're at, it's not going to it's not going to make any difference. <laughs> so true. And well even on a vibrational level, um and the cells within your being, if there's part of you that you don't accept, I mean, of course it makes sense that your body's still going to rebel against yourself. Because mm -hmm. you're literally telling yourself that you don't accept yourself. Mm -hmm. So that makes yeah. total, I love that you just brought that up. Tell me more about um, your, I know that with the disorders, well, before we get there, this, this will kind of tie us into it. Your meditation experience where you had, you had gone to bed. Um, oh yeah, that was like a really powerful, that's probably the one moment. It comes on early on in the book, right? In Thailand. Pretty early. Yeah. I think you were like three or four months into your travels and you had gone out to dinner. You had said you had a headache. Yeah. Um, and are you familiar with Louise Hay? I know the name, but I, I haven't like studied that much around their work. Okay. Um, can I share my, like kind of my philosophy of what I saw in that? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Okay. Thank Should you. Should we say like what happened to that? like experience then yeah yeah why don't you go ahead and share it um, okay share so it. yeah I was basically I was having some like like a, a dull aching headache thing from being out on the farm um, I was picking rice that day mm -hmm. I don't know how much I go into detail of that in the book but when I got back I was just um I was oming in my room alone after dinner I was just like trying to use the vibrations. I think I don't even like, it's so crazy. Cause I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like doing it, you know, in a way that was like, hmm, I'm just gonna, it's like my higher self was just like guiding me to do it. I was just oming. Hmm, Cause it felt good on my head, the vibrations. I was like, this headache's going to go away. And then I started holding my breath like a long time. It was like Kumbhaka, right? Breath retention where you're holding the breath. And I would ohm and I was oming a lot, which I have learned since then that like, if you ohm a lot, you're really opening yourself up like a lot to, to different whatever is out there. Uh, but then I was holding my breath and, and I had this light that was like in my third eye in my mind's eye, that was like a bright small light. And the more I would hold my breath, the more that this light would grow. And it was like crazy. I was just attracted to the light and I was, it was getting bigger and bigger. And then I went into the light and it was like this full weightless experience. Like, I mean, I, I, maybe it was like a near death experience or something because I went into this light and I was 
flipping and I was going like a corkscrew and I was in the cosmos. I was like straight, there were stars and it was the most wild, but real, real experience. Like nothing else had been so real besides that. And then when I woke up, I was like, or not when I woke up, when I gasped for air, I took a breath. I was like, I just was like back in my body and everything had changed. And I was like, like I think my consciousness may have like left my body for a little bit and then it came back into it but I needed to have that experience to know that like I have a soul and a consciousness that can leave the body and then I was like oh what the shit this is like this is my body but like I was out here in the cosmos and yeah and then I think I go into like how I looked in the mirror and I was like I'm a different person like I like I was looking at myself like I had like a stranger might look at myself and then that night I was having all these dreams and flashes of light and just like like just craziness yeah (laughs) yeah and then and then what really struck me um, especially with your experience of going into the light is um, you had a tap on your back yes yeah and you felt going to sleep and I was like something is like in my room something is touching me and yeah I was just laying there and I felt something that wasn't like it was something that like touched me and I was like oh my god what is happening like it was crazy (laughs) and then you said that you felt like it actually something went into your chest oh yes yes that was in the middle of the night so then yeah then it was some energy like literally lifted my chest. It went inside and was like, like it was like a forced breath of air in a way that like came in and I took a breath, but it wasn't like it was natural breath. It was like something, like I think I said in the book, like my, I took a a sports bra off that I was wearing too tight or something. And it just like completely lifted my chest. Um, Yeah, I still, part of me doesn't know how to make sense of that experience completely it was so otherworldly that when I wrote it down I was like I don't know if this like conveys everything but I'm just writing it down the best way I could but then you know I think I write this too is that it didn't even matter it was like it didn't matter how I could explain the event in my own words it was like it happened and that was like the most powerful thing is like that that it changed my reality yeah. as I knew it so that was like the like what I needed that's what my soul needed to know that I you know more than a body yeah and and you finished that um right before you were able to fall asleep because you said you you were trying to fall asleep and then you you couldn't um because of this like presence and yeah. you thought of love yes you use yes. the words like liquid like a liquid gold like you could yes. see it and sense it all over your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. And I did. Uh, that's what like allowed me to go to sleep because it was almost like a fearful experience that was happening. And yeah. And then I felt love like something else, I think like popped the word into my head. Cause I didn't, I was like, I, it just came to me like love. And, and at this point I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't teaching yoga. I wasn't all love and light. Like I, maybe saw some stuff on Instagram and I, I believed in whatever, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like preaching it like I do now. <laughs> and I, so it just came love. And then I was like, and I like felt it. It was like this ecstatic feeling of like ecstasy and in every single fiber of my body. And then I like knew, I was like, oh, that's, that's love. And that's, what's going to keep me safe tonight. Like I, I know, like I knew love was greater far more powerful energy than anything else any darkness or any you know negative emotion or whatever and so I knew that that was like my saving grace and I was able to to fall asleep after that (laughs) I love that and well if you look at the parallel because I can't I don't know I don't think you write this in the book but I feel like I mean, your, your journey in writing the book and your overall purpose is loving yourself, but then also spreading it, like healing yourself through loving and Mm -hmm. accepting yourself and then spreading that to the world. So there's almost this really cool parallel with like that experience happening 
And then you just kept going with it. You know, it, it, like you said, Mm -hmm. it kind of solidified that you are a soul and life can never go back to the way it was. I'm like getting chills talking about it, but it's almost like, wow, like that was the turning point for you to really lead you into like where you're at now. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely my awakening. Like, you know, label it as something. It was like, I shifted profoundly after that. And I'm still like, I mean, I'm still on a journey. I still feel like I'm learning a lot, you know, all the time. And life is always in in flow and showing me different things. And uh, but that was the like moment of profound knowingness. After that, I was just like, oh wow, okay, okay, like this this is no joke. This is real. real. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So yeah. Definitely. What did, so what is Louise Hayes? I want to know about this. So Louise Hay, um, she writes about how, when we hold like thought patterns that are negative in our body, um, and they correlate to emotions, but they cause dis-ease in our body. Um, so she has a couple books out and she's kind of gone just with her work in clients. She was a, a counselor, um, therapist, and she's has a book on, like you, this thought, this, um, this ease is related to this thought pattern. Um, mm. for example, like shoulder blades, that's holding on to the past and holding on to shame and guilt. Um, that hasn't mm. been released like through your thoughts. And then we are the creator of our reality, right? So when we think these thoughts, we manifest it and then mm. we feel the disease in our body. So that's like the universe putting your growth right there in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. But what so, messages does your body have for you? Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. I want to, I want to read that book. Yeah. It's called you can heal your life by Louise Hay. That book was probably see that for me, that book was like when I read that book and I've read it a few times, but I remember reading it the first time and just like almost having out of body experiences with my mind expanding and like, wow, like mm. this is really real stuff. Like the power mm. of your mind over your body is a real, real thing in your reality. Mm. But um, headaches is mental confusion. Mm. So with, and then like, so if you guys can follow, follow my brain through it. So mental confusion. So like you had that duality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then that led to the, the profound change of like, this is real. So maybe the headache was an indication of like, what reality what plane what world Mm -hmm. and they were like clashing in your body yeah and then as you went through the light there's a part of me that like this is just my insight and where my brain goes but that darkness that was trying to come back into you that you fought with love it's like was that a part of you that had all this negative entity and energy that you released when you went into the light and then when you came back it was like trying to come back into you but you fought it and you like fought it off with, with your love and light. It's possible. I mean, anything's possible for sure. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. I did think like the fear, like I had all these weird fears that I think were like stuck in me that came up that night of just like, like being alone and stuff. Cause I had lived alone while I was in college and I don't know, I hadn't really had a sense of like, I'm fearful being alone. Like I've always been like pretty brave but yeah there was a lot of just fears that came up and I was like where are these like to think they were probably just stored in me somewhere that were like all coming up at once being like you're actually terrified (laughs) yeah yeah and seeing like well you are you going to go back are you going to change or is all your newfound information um and higher consciousness because at that point you had been consistent with meditating so I would Mm -hmm. assume that your consciousness was already expanded enough that it made like maybe even a test of what am I going to do? Am I going to let the fear win or am I just going to intuitively know what to do and say and and let the love win? Yeah. 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 Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have darkness and light in us. Right. But I think light is definitely stronger, um, more powerful when we focus on it. Um, and so I think that begets the whole point of like, you can choose your focus. Um, and I mean, I I feel like that's a pretty common theme in yoga classes, even like, where are you putting your focus? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yoga is a great tool to train your mind to choose your focus and your perspective and grow your awareness and your mindfulness. Um, so when we focus on the love, that's what where energy, where attention grows, energy grows. So that's what we yep. then start to bring more into, into our lives naturally. Totally. Yeah. Where attention or energy goes and energy flows. You even brought that up in Sweden where you um, said that you were, you almost recognized that you were like hyper-focused on your expectations um, with Matthew and then also on your disease and like, well, why am I not getting better? And when you let go of those, mm-hmm. then everything yeah. just naturally started to progress and you started to do the things again, again, the focus. Yeah. Isn't that funny how the mind can just like kind of go back and forth like that? Like, but we all have that where it's like, I know this, but then I start acting in this way. And it's like, no, come back, come back, come back to your center, come back. But your life will throw you these little like off balance things or just, just to keep reminding you, like, you can't force anything to happen. Like you can't force healing. You can't force a boy to love you. You can't force anything to happen the more you can surrender and let go like the more yeah you start to flow yeah Yeah. flow and then also like love yourself um because in Mm. part of that it's it's realizing that we actually already have everything we need internally and it all starts with the internal because then we project that externally so when we can take the focus off what's going on out here and then bring it back to our internal focus. Like that's where the real, the real magic stuff happens. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And that is why like yoga is so, so powerful when you have those messages, when you have, you know, you're like holding a plank pose and it's like, all right, you have the choice here. You can focus on your strength and how strong you are, or you can focus on how you feel weak and this is hard and you feel like you're trembling or just, like tap into that, even if you do come out of it, whatever, like, just be like, you are strong, just keep focusing on the strength of that. And that that will come that will be your your energy, your focus, you will start to feel strong more than weak. Yeah, so it's like you have that choice, just holding a plank pose, like how you want to be in that pose. Yeah, yeah we, using this for strength or using this because like, or are you just like hating this and, and you're shaking and you're like, I want to be done mm-hmm. in that moment. You have the choice. Yeah, totally. We, and we always have a choice. It's just remembering that. And then cr- that goes into creating a new possibility too. Um, because when you're changing your mindset, sometimes we can get stuck in, in without even realizing it in ways of thinking where it's like the limiting part um, versus thinking on the other hand and the other perspective where it opens things up. Um, so that's, and that's, that's why I love yoga. Cause there's so many like subtle ways that there's life tools. And when you can take it beyond just the physical and really start, I mean, yoga opens your body, but it also opens your mind. So when you get into those places where you start to like connect and see things, you can use those skills to transform your life off the mat as well. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Such a powerful practice, you know, self-practice with other people, the mm-hmm. community, it's just yoga is amazing. It really has changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Ditto. Right. Um, it definitely led us to having this conversation Definitely. And I love that yoga is also humbling. Um, because even when even within the the choosing the focus, right? Sometimes it is surrendering and like, hey, I'm not having a good day, and acknowledging and honoring yourself and um and your feelings and like and that you're human and that we're all gonna have these instances where, oh, it's like it's okay. I don't have to push myself today. I'm going to have days where I feel great and awesome. And I know the more I put my brain there, the more it'll, it'll start to happen. But then it's also okay for me to have days where I'm like, oh, I just, I really need to just nurture or self-care myself today. Definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's listening. That's tuning in and listening to yourself, right? That's giving yourself grace, but then knowing I get, I get the other way. Cause I, right before I used to be so hard on myself 
and I'd be like, you know, a gymnast and I was always pushing myself to, if someone's, you know, making me hold a plank pose, I'm going to hold it five extra seconds more than they told us to. And now I've almost gone the other way where I'm like, mm, I'm just gonna, you know, do yeah. And I almost like don't push myself enough sometimes. Cause I'm like, I've done that for so long. I don't want to push myself anymore. And I have to find the balance. Be like, okay, I can, I can push myself a little bit. Remember you can, you can do these things. And so I have to find the balance all the time. <laughs> I love, and I love that that with pushing yourself and not. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because that you felt me. That's like where I was going with um, balance. And you bring that up at the end of your book. Um, And I have like the words right here. Now I meditate just enough to stay connected. Um, Like just enough. We do the things just enough because life really does live in, um, in balance and not swinging to either extremes because we can go to the extreme of, oh, I'm super strong. I'm going to keep my, my mindset right here. Right. But then you're not giving yourself the grace. Um, and you might lead to like beating yourself up in moments um, where it's just, we're all just human and having an experience, but then you also Mm -hmm. don't want to be all the way at the other um, extreme as well. Um, and it was, it was ironic. So my father's French, And I spent a lot of time in the South of France as well. Oh, wow. Amazing. And you bring up your whole experience on the farm and with Sylvia, was it Sylvia or Sylvia? Sylvie, Sylvie. Sylvie. And talk a little bit more about, because you spent a lot of time with her um, Mm -hmm. and uh, just like talking about foods and you even realized some things that like you you were as far as dietary that. Yeah, yeah want to make changes, but it, it felt like the more you talk to her about it, the more it made you want to go do those things. Do you feel like maybe she was on an extreme? Maybe. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't think she was on an extreme. Really that portion was just like, it showed me that yes, diet does matter. Cause there was a part of my journey when I thought I could just think completely like think myself back into health when I realized you still do have a physical body. We are embodied consciousness on this earth. So diet and food and the way you treat your temple, right. Does, Mm -hmm. does matter. Um, And I think that that's the biggest takeaway from that part of the, the journey was just that. I don't know if she was extreme. She was just funny. She was just like, like, she was just funny how um I guess I guess you could use the word extreme or I'm trying to think of a better word that's not extreme just animated I felt like she was just this animated little French woman in the kitchen that was just hyper life hyper focused because um it's it's I just I laughed when I got to that part in your book because growing up with like my dad was born and raised there um and it's, I think it's just their mentality and the French are, they tend to be very intellectual mm-hmm. and think of themselves as very, like they prioritize intellect. So I almost feel like the way they can convey information that they know sometimes can be seen as like an extreme or it's just that they're super passionate about it. Yeah. Um, that's a good word. Passionate. She was just passionate about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's funny. She definitely was passionate about food and stuff. Um, My gosh, I just watched the movie uh, or the documentary Kiss the Earth or Kiss the Ground with Woody Harrelson or something. It just made me think of that part of my my book of um, the soil and stuff and the stuff that we grow our stuff in. Uh, Just this whole documentary was about how if we don't change the way we're farming, we literally have like 60 harvests left before like all we have is like corn and wheat or something. We are literally turning our soil into dirt. It's gonna be just like interstellar dirt in like 60 years. I'm like, why is this not mainstream news? It's like, everyone's talking about freaking masks, which great, that's what we have like now, but like, later on we're gonna have huge issues if we don't like change the way we're farming and all this stuff so that was a little side tangent but <laughs> it's a good documentary <laughs> yeah no I love it and it begets the point of like then it's almost the system itself right oh my god it 
and it's like fuck like the system is fucked in some ways right yeah because where where are our priorities lying to actually do that to our soil what are we prioritizing and where does the like we're out of balance with that and it's almost the earth's way of saying like hey life lives here in this balance. And just like for us, when we go out of balance, there can be consequences. Mm-hmm. Well, there's natural, it's just a universal law that there's going to be consequences. So it begets like, well, what do we, let's project future and what do we have to look at? And not only like for our soil, but for our, our own health, like where will that take us as a human population? Um, and yeah, that, wow. that, sorry, go ahead. Oh. I was going to say, we are in like a turning point where we have, you know, noticed like all these things that we are doing to the earth. So we need to like, everyone needs to be talking about this on how to change. And it's not going to take, I mean, right now, I feel like it's just spreading the conversation and knowing about it, but eventually it's going to be like, we're going to have to make massive changes. It's got to get down to the farmers or the people, really, it's got to affect the people with a lot of money. And then the one, the people that have money are affected. It's like, hopefully it doesn't go until they don't have food. It's like. Make but, the changes. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I mean, that's been around for, I feel like a while because I remember, so as a child growing up, my mother would give us vitamins, um, like religiously vitamins and this really gross protein shake. Her mom sold Shackley supplements and that protein shake was, we choked it down every morning because she insisted that the soil here um, didn't have as many nutrients as the soil uh, in France. Wow, I didn't know that they that was that long ago. People were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if she had heard that from my father. She obviously spent a lot of time in France, so if it was like already a known thing. Um, but yeah, as a, as a child, I would say a lot of people don't even know that now. Like, yeah. isn't that crazy? Like these things. That and I well, feel that like so many people know they don't know. Yeah, and I love that. Like you say that in your book that um, taking it upon ourselves to like see other cultures and see other ways of being and living because your brain only knows what it knows, right? But mm-hmm. there's there's so much more, and unless you actively seek it, and you're actively okay with having an open mind and having these types of conversations, how is anything ever going to change? Like, it's like be, we have to be the change. Um, And that's another underlying kind of message in your book too. Like be the change you've changed your life. And now that's going to help and impact Mm -hmm. who knows how many, how many people. Even when I don't want to, like, there's that part. It's funny. I, I like haven't even read it recently. So you're like bringing up all these things that I'm like, oh, I forgot that's in it. Like I forgot that's in it. Cause I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I wrote it. I don't even want to read it. Cause it's so vulnerable at some points that I'm just like, oh gosh. Um, but the part I do remember like that part, that's like, if not me, if not you, then who, or something, the email that I got. And I was like rolling my eyes at it, just being like, like, do I really have to like be part of this change? Do I have to step up? And Mm -hmm. it's like, part of me didn't even want to, because it was my cynicism rolling through being like, you're not going to make a difference. You're not going to change anything. But then I was like the, the part of me that desires to be the change was stronger. That light side of me was stronger. And I was like, you know what? I can be the change, even whatever ripple I make, (laughs) I'm going to do it. And yeah, so it's just so like, that was just showing duality too of like, yeah. And like, what a beautiful um, image because you received, I think you received that email when you got back, like off the Mm -hmm. plane. So in those moments, um, but it, and it almost is like, what, like that journey if you hadn't even ever taken that journey, maybe that voice would have won, but with your experience and the journey and then with your newfound knowledge, um, it took, it took you, you were like, no, it took you in a completely, completely different path. Yeah. Yeah. That you would have never had without that journey. That's definitely. Yeah. I know. I, it's like, a lot of people that have been reading it have been saying, oh, it just makes me want to go travel. I wish I could go travel. And I'm like, shoot, I, it's like not a good time to have that travel book, but 
I, for me, I needed to go to the extreme apparently and do all this traveling and do all this soul searching and whatever, but it's like, you don't need to. And I, I think I write about that in the back. It's like, you don't need to go to that extreme. It's, it can happen by reading books and meditating in your room. <laughs> do you think though, sometimes it's because I feel like here's the thing, right? And this goes back to Joe Dispenza and the theory of change and to change sometimes might take levels of like removing yourself from your current situation because otherwise yeah. it's so easy you know when you're in your life and there's so many things that are like the same you do the same things every day sometimes to make that an impactful change and to have that impactful change resonate all the way into your cells and hold on to it I feel like it might take doing something drastic like that so that you completely change your environment and it's almost like and I think you mentioned this in the book too, that it's like, okay, well, who am I? Like you got all, you got into um, Thailand and you were watching yourself and the dynamics of the group. And it's like, you had this moment of, oh, I get to, I get to dis- discover and decide who I'm, I'm going to be. And I can be anybody. Like it doesn't have to be who I used to be before. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it might take those measures to go discover what's possible. Yeah. Sometimes I guess it, it does. And definitely removing yourself from not that family and friends are bad by any means, but when you're, you know, spreading your wings and learning to fly, like sometimes you need to just, yeah, have that space on your own to do it and and then be so strong in it that that was a part like coming back, like we had talked about in the beginning that I, I did get like, you know, um, integrating back into my friends and stuff and they still you think you're like the same person and you're like I am the same person but I have changed a lot too and it's just like different you just gotta stay meditating especially in those integration times integration is huge yeah because we'll have the patterns of who we were and how people expect us to be so when we're changing we change that response right we change that dynamic and sometimes it can make other people uncomfortable because they're they have this connection with you right and they in their brains, it might lead to like, oh, we're separated now. You're not the same when it's actually not the case at all. Um, but then that's the instances where we have to be the change and realize like, no, we're all still interconnected. It's just like, that doesn't work for me anymore. Or, well, this is who I am now. But that doesn't mean that there's like no loss of love. Sometimes it can, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's so yeah. easy yeah. for the brain to want to take us to a place of separation versus staying in that constant, like surrounding universal love and that we are all really connected. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I loved the part where um, at the end of the book, you thank you, you, you say, I'm thankful for my disease. And I loved that you were able to, like, I loved seeing that, that switch, right? And again, it goes instead of, it's like the switch of focus, instead of focusing on what we can't change or on what we hate or the negativity and staying in that victimhood of, of that place by thanking it and being grateful for it, it completely mm-hmm. changes our mentality. And then from there, that's where we can find solutions and the acceptance and the love. And that's where the actual change exists. Mm-hmm. that's beautiful yeah I mean in in darkness is your blessings you know like the sometimes the your challenges are your biggest blessings and it you do have to come to that realization on your own a lot of times like you can hear that quote but I think it it just takes an experiential like understanding of wow, my darkness, my challenge really is my biggest blessing. Like it has been the, the thing that has helped me, challenged me in so many ways, but helped me in so many ways too. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing when you can start to take your darkness or your challenges or your, you know, traumas as your, your blessings. Yeah. But you have to, yeah, you have to make that switch. Yeah embrace it you have to embrace it basically um yeah I love that I love that switch so with with all that um what's what's next on the horizon for you where do you see yourself going do you feel like you're in a place of um 
flow? Do you feel like there's other things that you want to accomplish? You know, I haven't really got that far. I mean, there are some like dreams that I have. I have a dream. I don't know if I'm going to share it yet. Okay. Um, you don't have to. You can keep it. But uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll send you positive energy through the, <laughs> the computer screen. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I released it. I've been slowly, you know, promoting it and whatnot. I feel like I could be doing a little more with that, but it's okay. Um, but I don't know. I'll see where, where that, where it goes with my book and just continue to teach yoga. I'm, I'm teaching a teacher training at light at lifetime now. So that's okay, exciting. Awesome. Um, okay. Being able to teach other teachers and it's cool. Cause you have their manual that you're basically teaching the manual. So it's not as like, I'm not creating my own teacher training, mm-hmm. which takes a little pressure off of the whole idea of being a teacher to teachers. It's like, okay, I just have this manual. So yeah. I'm doing that. Um, I don't know. I could, I've thought about like writing fiction, honestly. I'm just like, I want to take a creative writing class. Cause I literally like, I'm not a writer. Like I didn't go to school for writing and I just wrote that. So it's like, I definitely probably have a lot of like room for improvement and growth if I were to like learn how to write. But then I've also had writers tell me like, you don't want to take away the the natural like ability to write by thinking about it too much and whatever, you know, like when your story needs an arc or whatever, all these things, I'm like, I don't know, I just wrote it. <laughs> but I still have to think about like maybe trying nonfiction. Um, I also, okay, I'll just tell you my dream because I don't know if I'm, we'll see, maybe if I put it out there, it'll happen. I want there to do go. like a series like on, on uh, it'd be great if it was on Netflix, but maybe YouTube or something that, right, it's kind of been hard because of the yoga studios, but where I go to yoga studios or wellness centers, basically like the Anthony Bourdain of health and wellness spaces where you go and you like interview the owner of this space and like what was their drive to open it or their yoga studio. And like, at first it was like, okay, I wanna get to the heart and core of yoga studio owners and just showing the heart of yoga to people who don't do yoga, you know, because they're just going to watch it on a screen, but then you're getting like, okay, why did you open up the studio? Kind of getting their story. So that would be a good big goal. I don't know how I'm going to get there. (laughs) Well, you never know. Just putting it out there, right. Is part of it, like getting over our fear of asking for it because you can't receive it unless you ask and you put it out there. Um, and maybe just even right. doing that, you like step through some fear and doubt and you never know. You never yeah. know what can transpire once you put it out to the Yeah, universe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to make it happen. First, it was just going to be like of yoga studios. And then I was like, well, maybe I could do like health and wellness centers too. I yeah. haven't like seen that yet of people going and interviewing health and wellness spaces. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, how do you like, how would I monetize it in a way that would make sense for me to do that too you know yeah and maybe that'll come maybe it's just like taking inspired and divine action um and then seeing where where it goes and um because and well there's a lot of mindfulness centers too that could be included in that like health and wellness and that would just be fascinating to uh I think it would be fascinating to go into like mindfulness centers and interview them and and I uh, see like, yeah. the and then make it like videography, like aesthetic, you know, mm-hmm. just like make it really well done. So I'd have to hire someone to do that. I was like, maybe I could have like the studios themselves, like pay a little cause then they or invest because they would then get clips to promote with. It'd be partially promoting for them. I don't know. There'd be a lot to think about with that little yeah. project, but you know, I could always do that. And then I could always do courses online. I don't know. We'll see what I end up really doing, but I know I'm on the path, you know, I'm on, I'm on a journey of some sort. So I love that. Your hands up. I love it. You're, you're surrendering, but you also have ideas of where, where you want to take it and um, possibilities. So I love that. I love that. Um, And I think like, I couldn't have I wouldn't have known you weren't a writer, honestly, when, when I was reading your book, like I love, and I love that you brought that up, that writers have told you 
don't take courses because there is something about the natural authenticity shining through. And you have a way with words. And maybe those of us who, who teach um, yoga or teach in any capacity, maybe that's part of like the gig is that we, we do have a way with words and a way of getting through when we're able to just be in the present moment and flow and with mm. our authenticity. Cause, because then you add in the other stuff, right? And then your brain is so easy for us to like overthink and take our brain in other places. But if we can just be in flow, then what really needs to come out does come out and shine. Um, so I would agree with them. Your writing was beautiful and I think it, it should evolve. It could evolve just as it is meant to be. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, we'll thank you so writing. much. That one was it. one written from the heart for sure. So the next one, they'll be written from the heart, but we'll see exactly what I write about. I love that. I love that. Um, so any final words at all or any, any like insight, inspiration you want to finish off and spread to the world? Hmm. Take a deep breath. I just, I want people to know that they, they can create their own reality. They have choice, you know, that's, that's simple. They've heard that before, but it's true. It's like you, you are the manifester, the creator, and that's the, the biggest thing. You're your own healer, your own guru, your own teacher. And I want everyone to know that and just takes awareness, awareness of self. Yeah, that's about it. I love Nothing that. too profound. <laughs> Thank you. Well, if you, I feel like if you sit with that though, you can really get to a yeah. depth in there. Yeah, simple, but like sometimes the most simple teachings, silence is totally. the best teacher. Yeah. Silence is golden, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, is. sure is. Well, thank you so much for your time, Danny. I really enjoyed interviewing you today um, and talking about everything and good luck. I am going to love watching your journey evolve and can feel that there's so many like you're, you're a blessing and you're going to continue to be a blessing in so many ways and really excited to watch it unfold for you. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was so, so good. It was so good to connect. These are the conversations, you know, that light me up and I'm just like, it feels good, you know, to talk about these things because it's an understanding, it's an appreciation, it's a, it's a collaboration of consciousnesses that, you know, have a similar mindset about why we do the things that we're doing. And this is a, is a part of our creation is having this conversation. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. All right. I'll see you soon in the studio. Alrighty. And love you, girl. I love you. You, you have your workshop coming out. House yeah. of Minds. Yeah. Saturday. Cheers to Mind Expansion. And until next okay. time. And that's yoga onyx yeah we'll get a couple workshops in before they close but yeah valentine's day it's going to be a little bit of movement opening up the physical we're going to do some deep breathing for a like, short amount of time and then a mirror meditation and some yin and journaling so we're doing it all <laughs> awesome. awesome all right so and people can sign up on your on the website for that if they're interested i think on yoga onyx yes okay yeah all right all right. Well, have a good rest of your afternoon. Thank you again, Danny. I'll see All you right. Soon. Love you. Hope to see you soon. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye.